hate. You, you want to see something really scary? What's your favorite scary movie? I'm going to scare the hell out of you. What was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. They're coming to get you, Barbara. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. What's blood for, if not for shedding? Welcome to Fright Night. Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Shed. Surprise! We have an appetizer episode. We're covering Jordan Peele's Nope. You ready? This man. It's not what you think. He's gonna get you today. Are you ready? No. Rated R only in theaters Friday. So we both saw this movie individually, and we have not discussed it yet. We wanted it to be fresh. So there might be some ranting, there might be discrepancies, there might be chaos. But you know you're getting a fresh, right off the press, <laughs> oh, we are the press right now, <laughs> um, hot, you know, right, hot popcorn <laughs> podcast. So, Shad. Well, before we go any further. Well, I know, I just, I was like, let me just jump into the movie. Let me just jump into it. And I just totally forgot about, we have to discuss who's in the movie. And? And what I wanted to say first was we're going to jump right in and there's going to be a lot of spoilers in this. So if you don't want to be spoiled by this or don't want to know anything about it, then this is your official spoiler warning. So yes, there will be lots of spoilers in this. I don't know if we mentioned that or not, or if the very alarming alarm, no pun intended, uh, gave away that there's going to be spoilers. One more time. For the people in the back. <sighs> so Keith Davis in this movie. Yes. <laughs> when, he is. I was a little disappointed he wasn't in it longer. Yeah, I was disappointed he wasn't in it longer. But let me tell you, the casting for father and son is like perfect because Daniel Kuyua, he's a British actor. So, I mean, the Brits just do our, you know, do an American accent so well. But he has a very distinctive voice like Keith David. Not like Keith David, but he has a distinctive voice. So I think that was a good pairing. And then um, we also have Kiki Palmer as Emerald, the sister. I love Kiki Palmer. She's beautiful and she's hilarious. Great delivery. Uh, we also have uh, Walking Dead alumni. Yeah, Steve, Steve Ewan. Ewan. Yep. Um, who plays Ricky Jupe. And we're just going to call him Jupe in the podcast. Daniel is Otis Jr. OJ. That's terrible. I would change that immediately. And, well, yeah. <laughs> they they did make a point in the movie to make that, you know, something that needed to be addressed. And who else is in the film, Chad? Well, you've got Michael Wincott, who has been in everything. Usually playing the bad guy. Everything from, he was in Alien Resurrection... Talk Radio, The Crow. He's been in a lot of things. He's done tons of video game voices. You've probably heard him being someone scary on a video game at some point. And he, I love his character in it just because he's so crazed. He plays Antlers Horst, <laughs> or Holst is his name. And like, first of all, his name is Antlers. Like, it doesn't get any crazier than that. And then we also have, uh, we kind of a little cameo appearance in here. We have uh, Osgood Perkins showing up in there. So obviously Jordan Peele is a fan of Oz Perkins movies because I can't imagine why he would just be popping up in there if not. And if you don't know who Oz Perkins is, pause the podcast and go do some research. And I'm sure his films are on Netflix and or anywhere streaming because we've seen some of them. We've seen them streaming. I think we've seen just about all of them streaming on Netflix, to be honest. I think he has a deal with Netflix. Um, Black Coat's Daughter, we did not see on Netflix, but it's out there. It's in the world. Ch check it out. That's my actual favorite movie of his is The yeah, Black Coat's Daughter. Cause that one's pretty good. That, I love that one. It's very good. Uh, 
okay, so there's a lot of things going on in the film. There's, but everything is interconnected. The, to prove, not to prove the point, but the basis of the film is, well, my, what I think the basis of the film is, is that the taming of the predator, like that whole thing. And they, Steve Ewan's character, Jupe, experiences, sees what, you know, the reaction of an animal in its, in its true self, you know, can do the damage and how you can't tame a wild animal or you can try, but... It's not going to work out well for you because Gordy the Chimp did not just snap one day on the set and you know what the chimps do when they go after you. They tear your face off. They tear your hands off. It's unpleasant. Now, before, I'm sure if you've seen the movie or if you haven't seen the movie and you're like, I don't know if I'm going to go see this movie, I'm going to tell you right off the bat because we did say this is spoilers. Gordy the Chimp was not an actual TV show. So, you know, Jordan Peele, Peele has this, uh, it's not an obsession, but his thing is like to bring things from his own past in his life you know, things he experienced, things he saw as a kid growing up or later on as an adult, he brings those into the movie and those things into the movie, but he warps it in a way and like kind of like reinvents it. And there was a time where, I mean, if you're growing up in the 80s and 90s, there were a ton of chimp, all kind of, you know, all the monkeys, the whole, the whole thing. Probably the most famous is the Clint Eastwood movies that he did two or maybe, I think it was two or three, I can't remember, where he just drove around the country with a monkey in a truck and he was looking to get laid. Sometimes he took the monkey to get laid too. Jesus. That's a real thing that happened and we all just sat back and accepted it. War games? No. Right? Not war games. No? There, there was there was the no champ one... in war games. Okay, it was which uh, is... Project X with Matthew Broderick. There you go. I don't know why, but every time I think of war games, I think, oh, there's a there's a chimp in that movie. Well, they were practicing like getting the chimps to fly planes in the event of a nuclear war in Project X. So I could see where war games would go along those lines. Yeah, my bad. And I will tell you that I have not seen either film because I don't like war uh, movies and even though and then also the whole thing the whole animal treatment thing that just yeah that was bad times for the monkeys on project x then in the 90s there was like a chimp channel and then in 1983 there was mr smith uh tv show which was a lot of talking orangutan and then in the 70s there was lancelot link secret chimp yeah, which that, ooh, that is painful to watch. <laughs> I uh, There's another podcast I listened to where they talked about that, and they were like, this was one of the hardest things we ever had to set through every episode of was Lancelot Link. And they were like, and there was only 10 episodes, but it felt like we were there forever. Now, the skit with Chris Kattan is also fictitious to some degree because Chris Kattan did do some skits of him as a monkey in the mid 90s like 96 97 and it was called mr peepers yeah so that is i think he was like a guy that was raised by monkeys or something i can't remember exactly but he was like it was like a tarzan kind of thing yeah. except he was just he always just ended up going crazy at the end of it you know so that portion of the movie is one of those things like based on you know uh inspired by there you go not based on inspired by said events and then you know of course peel you know there is some kind of um racial i want to say racial but topics you know underlining thing in his films and this one what i got from it and i know a lot of people you know, kind of hesitant or they have like issues for whatever reason and they don't want to, you know, participate in watching his films because they're like, oh, he's harping on that. Kind of like M. Night Shyamalan and like, you know, it's there's going to be a twist. They're like, oh, there's going to be a twist, right? You're like bothered by it. Um, But actually the clip that was used for the grandfather Haywood. So the whole thing is, which you do get in a trailer, this is a family that's 
they they have a company and you know they're based in you know california and the company is based on um their animal wranglers yeah, for horses. horses yeah and the place is near vasquez rocks because there's a sign up that says visit vasquez rocks which i'm surprised they didn't do like a little thing with vasquez rocks in there because that would have been a perfect you know with the uh, alien setting you know Oh, goodness, yes. Well, For those who don't know, they filmed, like, every time they had to be outside in Star Trek, the original series, they were at Vasquez Rocks, which is why so many of the episodes look exactly the same. You're like, wait, they're on a different planet. Why is that rock formation in the background the same? Oh, right. They didn't, they didn't bother putting some, like, blue paint on it? No, nothing. <laughs> They're like, we don't have any money for production. Just We don't have money for paint. We're on location. You're lucky we're using film. <laughs> so, you know, they mentioned that there's a clip, uh, a famous clip. It's a, a jockey riding a horse. And that was the first uh, moving picture thing there ever was. And um, it was a black man. And, of course, no one remembers a black man's name. But he connected it to the, that it was... Um, Haywood, which was their grandfather, um, the great, last great grandfather, great great grandfather, and in actuality, it's slightly inspired by a moving picture. It's ambiguous because it is a silhouette, so it's they don't really know like if who the man was per se, because there's like two different accounts. Like one was like, oh, he was like a stable. A boy and then a stable guy and then the other one was like oh he's just random dude um but it's based on the it happened in 1878 and 1880 um sally garnier at the gallop um so um that was the name of it and it was projected images of a jockey riding a horse and that was the first motion picture so he kind of took that history film history and kind of added his own like you know, story to it, added giving it more life. And also, like, that's the whole thing, right? Like, you know, uh, people writing on the backs of minorities, you know, and, like, uh, not really a, giving the kudos to those people that achieved... To the credit that they get. Exactly. Get. Which, yes, that is a thing. So that was, like, the very... And that's literally, like... The beginning of the movie, and I don't, it, I don't think it like harps through the entire film. Um, I kind of felt like at one point in the end, which we'll get to when this um, cinematographer has his moments and he's like running away. I was like, oh, this is harping back to, you know, he's gonna take the credit for this. But that was like a whole other mindset, which we'll get into that later. So. Do you want to take... So we haven't really discussed the film together. Did you like the film? I did. Um, it was a... I generally liked it. It was. I thought it was a little bit long in some parts. They could have trimmed a little bit of it down. But otherwise, it was, it was enjoyable. I liked it. I just thought it was maybe a little long. It was a little over two hours, and they probably could have cut it down a little bit. It was a little Osgood Perkins? Yeah. It got a little slow burn on me there for a while. But, uh, you know... It, it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. It just means they could have edited a little bit and it would have been just as good a movie. I guess so. I feel like in certain movies, I can say, okay, I understand why that happened. Because at the end of the day, the characters in the film, they all have... Um, well, I'm not going to say they all have, but they have um, backstories and you really develop a kind of a relationship. You have the backstory, you know, between the sister and uh, OJ. Um, you're kind of getting some of the, you know, uh, b not travel back in time, but flashbacks between um, OJ and his dad. So that's, you know, developing there. Then you have the whole thing with Steve Ewan. You know, yeah, you see a lot of that. There's a lot of that because that he is the reason why they're in this mess because he was trying to tame the predator. You know, yeah, he thought he could control it, but it, it did not work out well for him. No, which I think that is such a 
isn't that such a crazy, you know, human, like, the hubris, like, the thought that you're going to be able to control an alien. Like, there's a mere human, you know, that's so fragile in the grand scheme of things that you're going to be able to, like, tame this unknown, quote-unquote, I'm going to say beast, but an alien, point blank. No. Yeah. That's not going to work out for you. So there's a lot of development there because we revisit his interaction to what happened on the set, which we'll get into a lot. So, you know, the beginning of the film, we see a piece. There's just imagery and you're like, oh, that doesn't look good because... You see anytime you see a chimpanzee covered in blood... Blood all over his hands, blood all over his face. You know something didn't go well. Yeah, and right there I was already like, let me tell you, Peel literally named this perfectly because even the characters in the movie have their moments where they're like, nope. Because I myself as an audience member was like, nope. Like not even, no pun intended. Like I was like, no, I can't, I can't handle this. I just can't do it because the imagery was just shocking for me. I just, I couldn't wrap my head around. And some people might be like, oh yeah, whatever, that's fine. It didn't really bother me. But a lot of things affected me. But I feel like it depends on what you're scared of. Like as a person, what are your fears? You know, and that's in the totality of like watching horror movies. Like that's like the whole thing. Some people just are not afraid of certain things and other people are. So... We have that, you know, the beginning of the movie, we see that. And then just like in, you know, just like in Us, we see her flashback. You know, we're in the past of her experiencing the thing at the carnival. Um, We have his experience, you know, that we see the chimpanzee. And then we go and we see Keith David. And I'm like, oh, it's Keith David. Um, The Keith David like whole thing right off the bat because you've seen enough alien movies you're like oh there's like a fucking force field or some crazy shit's happening like there's a fucking alien around because weird random shit is falling from the fucking sky and he ends up being killed by just a nickel that fell from the sky and went through his eye yeah from he like he's having to look up at the right time and it was coming down from so high up that it just killed him which is wild and they just blame it on like shit fell out of like a private plane or something and you later on find out that no it's much worse than that so i can much see where worse. they came to that conclusion you just find a bunch of random shit all over the place and be like okay this must have fallen out of a plane and then that would be the only thing that would make sense yeah because obviously but we there's here in the radio or tv in the background they talk about a group of missing hitchhikers in the mountains that have been you know reported missing for a while and no one has seen them Later on, you realize, oh, that's what happened to them. Yeah. Because you also heard screaming around that time. You heard screaming sounds up in the sky, and then all the stuff started falling, and you realized later, oh, this is why we heard all that. Yeah. So, not to, like, discuss the whole film, but that beginning part is like, whoa. And then... We get into, you know, the we see the relationship, the farm, we're going to call it, the horse ranch is struggling. Um, dad is dead. There's, he's struggling. And this is like six months later after the fact, right? It's some, some time after the father's death. Yeah, it it's not like months. the next day. And then, you know, the sister, is, she doesn't want to be attached to this farm. She wants to go live her life and she doesn't want to work. And she wants to be an actress slash whatever, slash, slash, slash. And he's, like, very soft-spoken and, um, you know, kind of, like, reserved. And he's not, like, the people person person, you know? Yeah. That's her thing, which doesn't work out for him because he has to work with people and, you know... Yeah, he's not very, you know, in charge or very, you know, uh, forceful with it. He should be. No. And so you kind of get that. I feel like maybe that could have been a little edited out because it... We do understand, but it was more to see the relationship that's kind of like fractured between brother and sister. And that could have been edited. And then like, do we really need to know that he's struggling for money? It's not really a... It is and it isn't because it connects him to Jupe's character. So 
Steve Ewan, he has his own kind of like show, like right next door. Like, and when I mean right next door, there's, it's not like right next door, but it's, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit down the road. It's yeah. not very far though. It's only a couple of miles down the road from where their uh, ranch is. And he's turned this place into, it was like his own like little like tribute to a show he was on as a kid where he played like is like kid sheriff kid sheriff which is like of course that would have been a show in the fucking 90s kid sheriff yeah so he's turned that into this and then he's also now doing something called the magic lasso and you see him like getting ready for the show and you notice on the back of his like old time like flamboyant cowboy outfit is a spaceship with little beams coming down from it on the back. And you're it like, is the most magical fucking cowboy shirt I've ever seen. I'm like, I need that shirt. Yeah, and it's like, oh, this is not gonna be. This is not gonna be good. And here we go into spoilers again. What you realize he's been doing is he's been buying the horses from the ranch when they sell them, and he's using them to lure the alien down and letting it eat the horses for the entertainment of the crowd. They're seeing. The horse gets sucked up into the air, into the creature, which is another thing you discover that this is not a spaceship flying around like you think. It looks like a flying saucer, but it's a living creature that's eating people. Spoiler alert. That's the biggest spoiler alert because you think you right off the bat think, oh, alien, let me tell you, the trailers, like trailers of today, they show the whole fucking movie. Like I just, when a trailer comes on, I'm just popping my popcorn because I, you just saved me like ten to fucking twenty dollars. Because for the most part, the whole movie's in the trailer. I see like the there's one trailer. I remember, it's like the beginning, the middle, the end of the movie. When I saw the movie, I was like, there's literally nothing different, that much different from the trailer. They showed the whole damn thing. So the trailers do a really good thing. The second trailer, I believe that was released, showed like a weird hand, which we didn't know. We just saw like a hand touch another hand, but we later find out that was Gordy. That was the monkey. You just realized that you thought it was going to be like an alien hand. Yeah. It was just a monkey doing a fist bump with someone. Yeah. Tragic. The whole thing. That's so disturbing. So, okay. So. He's doing that show and... He's been doing that ever since the father died Mm -hmm. because he realized what happened or he saw what happened that night and he's been luring this thing in and feeding it to horses just to get attention and try to get people to see this show, which I feel like he was paying a lot of money for those horses just to feed them to this thing and there really weren't that many people like at his show. So he was really trying to like get this off the ground and trying to do something with it that we weren't quite sure what it was. That was his, that was his, what he was doing, but it wasn't really clear what his end game was. Was he trying to film it and then sell it later or what? We didn't really know. We don't really know. There's some things in the film that we don't really know. I'm going to tell you, you're never going to find an answer for that. Also, you're not going to find the origin of this alien, um, why it's there, where it's it came biology, from, how it works, none of that. of that. So if you're a person that needs that kind of stuff in a movie, don't even bother seeing the movie because you're going to be mad. There's, yeah, there's not going to be that. Not going to get all the answers in this one. I feel like it's not. That's not needed. I took it as this alien is like an, no pun intended. It's an ancient alien. It's, it's an ancient god. It's you know, it's out there living in the thing. And if you have read or seen anything about aliens especially in california that's like a big thing that there's aliens out there in those fucking mountains there's been tv shows movies that there's so many things i've covered that whole like alien you know california alien mountain thing i would not be fucking caught dead like i'm gonna tell you right now nope no i no i'm not going in the desert i'm not going in california like where there's no one on some fucking retreat (laughs) <laughs> Hell no. When there's more sky than anything, I will not be in said area because I already have a fear of aliens. So going to see this movie, I really had to put my big girl panties on, okay, to see the fucking movie because I didn't know what to fucking expect. I thought it was going to be like, you know, the sixth sense, not the sixth sense, um, signs where you get, you know, the alien in the end. You know, it's gonna pop in at the very last minute, and you're gonna be like, "Oh shit, it's a little gray alien." And, yeah, and then be done with it. Even though signs did kind of have a little bit, you know, they showed in the barn a little bit, and then when they're watching a TV, but like live action, where it's like in front of you, that last scene. That's what I thought was gonna happen, or they weren't gonna show anything at all, and it was just gonna be like how these people were affected by it. 
But no, the thing itself is an alien. And let me tell you, there may or may not be some jokes how the spaceship looks like, you know, a butthole or, you know, some weird thing. Because and some parts of it, it does look very weird. The ending really got me because I couldn't in the end scene when they're fighting, I was like, wait, this thing was like shaped circular, like a saucer, but now it's like this weird, weird, huge canopy-like thing, like a tent. I, I, I was like, what? how did that happen? It just transformed this fucking thing. But and I was like, maybe it's all the plastic it ate. I couldn't really know why. I don't know why it transformed into what it did in the end, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't take away from the whole point of that it was sucking people up. That was the part that really got me, Shad. If you were to ask me, hey, Betty, what's the part you fucking hated in the movie? When all the people got sucked up and were being horribly eaten alive inside of it. So, I also don't like clowns. I love clowns now. I love clowns, but I had a, like a clown fear for a while. And seeing this when you see it from the perspective of the alien, which you see it in some shots, at first you're like, what the fuck is this weird thing it's showing? Because it doesn't really, it's just like an image. And then they go back to what's happening. You later find out when you see like the people in there, oh, we were looking at the thing itself, like the alien. That was the alien. Because it's just like, it looks like a vent. Yeah. You know? And the people get sucked up and they look like they're being smushed between two like inflatable circus tents that's what it looked like to me yeah it's kind of like they're going down its throat so you're seeing the sides of it as it like you like it'd be like if you're looking inside your throat when you swallowed something yeah. you see it being squeezed in there but, but the throat was die. very yeah yeah it was very circus looking for me it was like yeah. yellow and red yeah and they don't die right away they like die horrifyingly screaming the whole time. Yeah, they, because it's... they fly around, this thing is, like, digesting them. Yeah, I'm assuming it's like a snake. Yeah, where this... it's slowly compressing against you and just whatever. Because it, there is a point in the movie where you do see it hovering over the home. And it's a crazy fucking... Like, it's raining or whatever. But, yeah, it's actually, like, smushed it to the point where now it's all everyone's everyone's blood guts their whole body is being fucking smushed and it's just nothing but like their blood all the things i guess that it can't digest like it spit out a wheelchair it spit out like all their keys the metal parts the coins yeah all the stuff they had in their pockets everything the bones like everything i didn't really see any bones i saw a bone but even if you didn't see a bone the whole house is full of blood like yeah it was because they tried to see what was going on by putting out like a fake decoy of a horse and it swallowed it and they said like it must have got stuck in its throat so it couldn't swallow everything properly So it finally had to spit that thing up. And when it did, that's why it was like spitting up blood and everything else that you didn't see initially. That's why when the first thing flew over, it just spit out that stuff and didn't spit out all the blood. I don't think it could properly swallow everyone when that thing was in its mouth. I guess. I I thought the flag already had come out before it ate the people. No, it was still in there. It was still in there. Okay. But still... It's like the horse statue had like a little flag around it and it... It could not digest all that kind of stuff. It didn't go well for it. So yeah. It's a poor little sensitive stomach. Also, when it was in there, I got a very... And this is the vibe I did not care for. I got a very, like, fire-in-the-sky vibe when he's in there. And I was... I, I literally was... I turned to my sister and I was like, I'm going to have to go now. Because I don't think I'm going to be able to finish watching the movie. Because this part of the movie is just too much for me. Where I don't know where Peel's taking me. Like, what's going to be next? What horrors are you going to fucking show me? Thank goodness. it. it, Not that it ended there, but that portion of it, I I just couldn't. Because you can hear, like, the kids. Everyone's screaming, right? Imagine. You're, like, in this... You got just sucked up in the fucking air. You're in this weird compressed thing that's pressing up against you. Like, you're freaking, like, you know, a, a panini... You know, and then you're flying. God knows what that felt like where you're just beat your jettison like all across the air. And the the sounds of it from the outside just like, ah! 
like coming back, but it's just like multiple screens all at once. It was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot going on in that whole sequence. Yeah, it was pretty horrifying. It's kind of like me and like in Star Wars, they talk about the Sarlacc eats you alive for like however many years it takes for it to digest you. Mm-mm. It's like, yeah, you're stuck in there with that thing. Just swallow it. I mean, it was quick, but not that quick. No, it was not that quick, dude. It was like hours. And I'm going to tell you right now, if I had like a, this is why I just need to start carrying like some kind of Swiss army knife or something. Because if some shit happened to me like that, I'm just going to just slit my throat. Do whatever I need to do to fucking just get it over with really fast. Because I don't want to go through that. Heck no. Okay, so we have, you know, that thing. Now, in in the film, we get kind of introduced to the Michael Wincott character. Yeah, Antlers. Antlers. How could I forget his name? Antlers. And Antlers is, you know, I love that. I love that, you know, Peel also has like either what he's experienced or things that he's seen on set or that he's heard about because I'm just like, of course it was what happened. The whole interaction with the whole commercial, like the asshole people in there, like how everyone is treating one another, like classic, right? And then you have the whole like, you know, no one's listening to anything that poor OJ is saying about the horse. He loses the job. And then you have antlers, which is... He's like the stereotypical, you know, I'm like the cinematic, I'm looking for like the perfect shot, you know, the perfect shot. That's what he lives for, you know, because he's he's, looking for a dangerous shot too. Yeah. Because you see him watching all this like footage of animals attacking each other. Which I think that he took and he's like just watching it over and over, maybe editing it or whatever. That's what I got like. Yeah, he's into like the danger of it all. He wants to be out there in the thick of it. Well, like predators again like the theme of like predators he wants to be out there in the thick of it right in the middle of the fight yeah and like in all things that kind of that personality that person their whole life is this perfect shot like they're looking look that's that cinematographer that's like i'm gonna fucking climb mount everest to get the fucking shot i don't know i don't care what i have to do it they're just so like crazy obsessed with it that they're just like, as as long as I get it, that's what gets them going. And I don't want to, that's what gets them going, right? And man, does he fucking go for it. And I'm like, dude, there's no point in trying to get this perfect shot if you did. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the obsession. And I do love that we do see the camera. I feel like I would have loved to have seen the camera turn the opposite way into the alien esophagus, I can't say the word, um, into his throat, you know, and seeing that angle of it and just how horrifying that looked. But I'm glad at the same time I didn't have to see that again (laughs) because that would have been too much. It was already too much. I was just like, I'm I'm good. Um, But they do like kind of, I don't want to say like an Ocean's Eleven, but there was kind of like an Ocean's Eleven montage scene. Yeah, they had the they had their plan going there where they had to go get everything where they were going to try and get footage of the alien. And they didn't really plan on trying to kill it at first. They just wanted to get footage of it so they could prove to everyone what it was because... They needed to get money to save the, the farm, the ranch. Yeah. And they had already eaten, you know, it caused the death of their father and it had eaten like this whole group of people that... They 40 like, people. <laughs> yeah, they weren't like great friends with these people, but they knew them, you know. They were right down the road and were friendly with them. So he was a little mad about that too. And then... They just wanted to get some kind of proof to show everyone and then figure out what to do later. Maybe they get rich on it or whatever. They kept talking about the Oprah Winfrey shot. But they they definitely got that plan screwed up because, of course, the plan never goes accordingly or else the, the movie would just be over. Because hilarious. Here comes. I thought it was, what's his face? I thought it was one of like Daft Punk fucking arrived. And it was like, oh, here we go. Daft Punk is here. But it was fucking TMZ. TMZ came and done fucked everything up. Yep. <laughs> and, and that was really, really funny. Because I was like, of course this happens. And it fucks up their whole plan. To some extent, it does It does mess it up. And the, it makes the alien pretty angry. Yeah, he's not real thrilled with that thing intruding, with the guy on the bike intruding and everything. So... Yeah, and you get to hear that guy get swallowed by the alien and hear him screaming around for a little while. That's my but favorite scene. I feel like scene. it was less with him than it was because the thing didn't have that 
fake horse in its mouth being jammed open anymore. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, it killed him and ate him a little quicker than it did the other people. Yeah, because it doesn't like plastic. And or it, stone or whatever that horse was made out of. Yeah, well, the, it was the flags. It was the flags that, that really got it. And then the thing is not, even though, this is where I'm like, you can't think too logical about certain things. Going like, okay, this is a fucking alien, okay, that's... uh attracted by people's eyes like you can't you're not you're not supposed to look at it you if you look at it that's where you get dead if you're not looking at it it, it it's like you're fucking invisible it's like a shark like it, it doesn't see you and i'm like this is an alien so does he 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 was duped by the fucking wacky inflatable man like <laughs> yeah the eyes of the wacky inflatable man like totally like just you know he was like oh no and then obviously in the end with the whole huge cowboy inflatable thing that yeah. gets him and was that filled with like helium i guess because it, you know it floated up and then the thing swallows it and kind of pops so i guess it like the helium gas got to it or well no i just thought it was just a plastic because it made a point to like she's ripping all the flags out of the hooks to let go the, the thing so there's flags attached which is a flag that was attached to the prop horse and they mentioned, like, that's why they got the wacky inflatable things, because it was, like, the plastic, it doesn't mesh well with the thing. It wasn't so much the horse, because it, then they would have just gotten, like, all kinds of other huge plastic things. It was more so, like, like, okay, example. Like, our cats, when they're eating the stupid balloon strings, and it can go through their throat, and they freaking get sick, and they throw up the freaking string, it's, like, that same thing. It's not digestible, like, they can't, there's something about it that's just, like, no. Um, which I I just thought the whole thing to be, like, really hilarious. Yeah, but you're right. This is one of those things you don't want to think too hard about it. Because the more you think about it, the more you're like, wait, what? Yeah. So, yeah, don't think too hard about that kind of stuff. So, you mentioned you think that the reason why this might not be doing well was, like, for a specific reason. I think that this might have been a thing where it's backfired a little bit that they didn't give people enough information to figure out what it was. And people didn't get as interested in it because, like, with Get Out, you kind of saw what was going on. You didn't get exactly, but you knew there was something creepy happened, people being lured in and stuff was being done. Us, you realized it was like a home invasion kind of thing, but the people looked like them. But with this, you really didn't get any sense of what was going on with the trailers you just you knew it was going to be aliens but you didn't know exactly what was happening i think maybe they didn't put enough info out about it because they didn't want to spoil anything so they kept a little too close you know they were a little too guarded with it and maybe people because you know people now if they're going to go to the theater and see something they they expect it to be perfect all the way and it's going to be a billion dollar blockbuster a lot of people don't come out now for the smaller movies so even though this has got a pretty good sized budget with it, I can maybe think people are like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be worth it or not because I really don't know what it's about. Yeah, I don't know. I think people just want to hate Jordan Peele. <laughs> For whatever reason, whether you are not a fan of, you know, that he's a black director, you're not a fan that he's doing horror movies, you don't like his horror movies, you don't like that he has a voice um you know or in the direction of what he wants to put out there in his films what you know the underlining meaning of the films whatever it is i just think that people for some whatever the reason is they just don't want to like them they just don't like them because personally for me and this is not someone coming from like myself being a minority it's i appreciate a different point of view and i've seen that I've seen certain horror movies for the last, I don't know, 30 years where it's all more or less the same narrative, the same tropes, the same thing. And it's just regurgitated, done over and over again. I'm not saying that his stuff is like, oh my God, I've never seen anything like it because obviously he's inspired, but every director and screenwriter is inspired by something that they've seen in, in horror films, John Carpenter was inspired, you know, um, you know, for, for example, like The Thing. Like, he loved 
the novel he loved the, the the short story loved the original film like he wanted he made it his own like you're all inspired by something it's just making that inspiration into something else and i think that he does that beautifully i rather watch a peel film over any effing remake that has come out ever like in the last 10 years or any movie that is supposed to you know any movie really that's come out like horror movies there there are not a lot of horror movies that impress me i should say for various reasons and i have a weird and if you listen to the podcast i do have a weird sense of things a lot of things i like is because it's nostalgic you know or i think that it's fresh i haven't seen it before you know i love the story um there's different reasons why but i really appreciated this because it's not the same fucking alien movie we've ever seen I have never seen, and I may be wrong, I'm sure um, there's so many movies out there. Is there a horror movie? Is there a movie, sci-fi, whatever, where the ship is an alien? Like, the whole thing as a its whole entity? Like, there might be, but I've never seen it done in the way that he did it. I thought that that was a really interesting thing because he could have pulled a Steven Spielberg, a, a Ridley Scott. He could have had, you know, a crazy looking alien or the greys. Shit that has already been done so many damn times. And he did it in a way where it's like the whole thing of, you know, taming that predator, you know, the, yeah. the, the really... Trying to, you know, best nature. Exactly. Exactly. And can we best nature and die with everything that's going on in an environmental level, not to take this into like environmental level, but everything that's going on now in an environmental level, who are we to think that we're going to be, I mean, we fucked it all up, but uh, we're not going to make it any better. We, you know, there's, there's nothing, you know, hurricane comes or some crazy thing comes or some disease comes. It's going to take us out. Like we're just mere humans. Yeah, because one of the like key plots they always talk about in different you know writing classes and that is there's the different conflicts of like man versus himself, man man versus nature, man versus another man, that kind of thing. So this was really man versus nature, but the nature was from outside of our planet. It was a little alien nature, but it was still the same kind of thing. And earlier, you know, with the chimp, it was the same thing. They thought they had that thing tamed. They thought it was fine. Until it went nuts and mutilated half the people on the set and then killed some. You know, that's, you know, that's why those things horrify me. I would never want to be around one of those chimps. Like, I've seen too many stories where they just rip people's faces off. And it, that's just not a life I want to live, you know? No, and, and they're an animal. Like, it's, it's a wild animal. Like, it's just, I don't understand why someone would be like, oh yeah, let's have this wild animal around. You know, and they did make a point and referencing um the people with the tigers yeah the uh the siegfried and roy yeah siegfried and roy exactly yeah because it's the same kind of thing siegfried and roy had those things for years until they were so comfortable with them they just took one little mistake one little break in concentration and the tiger fucking maimed him you know forever because you just can't play with that kind of stuff no, and it, it is wild because it's just like oh it's like 10 20 you know x, x amount of years you're working with these animals and then it just takes the one second and that's it. Your life is over. Like, Same thing with Steve Irwin. How many how many years did everybody watch that guy grab crocodiles by the tail and throw them around and do all this dangerous shit that they were like, that guy's going to die someday. And sure enough, he did. And he died from something completely random that you wouldn't have thought was going to kill him. For all the giant alligators and crazy shit that that guy went and did, it was a stupid stingray that took him out, you know? Yeah. And they have those in petting zoos. So he just was at the wrong place at the wrong time and just got cocky and that was that was it for him. So you just can't fuck around with nature like that. That stuff you just can't you can't do it. Was um do you have a fair part of the film or part of the film where you were like the most taken back? Well, the most taken back is probably when they were being eaten by the thing, because I wasn't expecting to see that. I didn't think, I thought if they were going to be sucked up in it and eaten, we were not going to see it. But when we actually see them going down the thing's throat and being horribly digested, that that was surprising. And then, you know, the end with the with antlers and that was, was amazing. Uh, yeah, he's crazy, but I just like that guy, because he just has that, 
that air about him of like, I am a crazy son of a bitch and I will just do whatever. Yeah, and he sure did. You know, um, I have to say that in AI, I love the character development, but between Emerald and OJ, you know, that end scene where, and I think that, and maybe I'm the only one that noticed that, or who knows if anyone else would notice that, but for me, they show, um, they had this very clever, that was very clever, and things aren't in movies, you know, f- things are in movies for certain reasons. You're, they, they're usually going to come back and play a role, and it could be in a small way, in a big way. But there was this well in the in the um, uh, Jupe's sheriff town. Yeah, because it was a, a thing that was like on the lunchboxes and posters where everybody was looking down the well that he was like with the kid sheriff and everything and they took the picture from the well. Yeah. And in the movie, you could put a coin in it, turn the handle, and it would take your picture looking down the well where it would look just like the cover of their movie or TV show, whatever it was. Yeah, which is very fucking clever. And then it comes out like a Polaroid thing, like the film. It has like that cover over the film. You'll peel back and you can see the picture, right? But it was like pretty large sized yeah it was like an eight by ten kind of thing because you know the they were trying to get the money and capture this shot you know the ufo shot or uip whatever the freak is called now which they do go into the movie uap uap about that which i thought was funny because the movie there's some horrifying aspects but also there's comedic breaks you know and i really enjoy the comedic breaks but so you see this, and they have lost the cameraman. Cameraman's gone. The camera's gone. Like, do they even have any footage from the cameras that they had on, you know, the whole ranch? We don't know if we got the shot. So while the last interaction is happening between this huge balloon that was released, Emerald released into the sky, and which is a sh- like a little sheriff, you know, so yeah. it has eyes, so it's following this thing into the fucking sky, and she's just pumping that fucking crane and taking picture after picture, because of course another thing that obviously played a role is we've already seen from the beginning of the movie that there's change all over the floor with the whole interaction because it drops after it digests everything, everything yep. that it can't eat. It just releases out of its mouth or butthole, whatever you want to call it. And so there's coins riddled. There's coins everywhere on the floor. And the thing takes coins. So she's just grabbing the coins off the floor and just taking these fucking photos to get this shot. And then you see the reporters coming up to the gate. And you see her face. And her face is an up-close shot. And she's like bewildered and then like oh my god you know she's excited because she fucking they beat it and and you know whatever and you're thinking oh she's fucking excited because she got the shot and all these reporters are ready to take her story because that was her character development she was self-involved she wanted to be you know uh you know she wanted to make a name for herself she wanted to be an actress or whatever she was doing and the fucking smoke clears, dust, quote unquote, clears. And because they do a, a crazy thing where they do show the the reporters and they show her, she's smiling to her. You think she's smiling back at them, but she's actually looking in the opposite direction, which is when the thing clears and it's her brother on the horse. And you're like, that's fucking perfect because that was the character development between the brother and the sister. And now they're closer than ever because they've gone through this crazy fucking experience together. And the most important thing is that they have, they, you know, they still have one another in this, in this life. And it's not what you think it's, she's not, you know, crazy, like about the fame, you know? So I thought that part wasn't daring. (laughs) It doesn't make for a horror story, but in the end to see, you know, it, that's the other thing about the P.O. films. You know, there's always the minority always gets killed in the movie. No one ever lasts, you know, but rarely ever, you know. And here you have, obviously, the minorities live and then everyone else dies. Yeah. <laughs> well, Steve Ewan, he died, obviously. Yeah. Um, And his family, which sucks because he had three sons, his wife. That was really sad. Yeah, and all the other people there. 
the poor girl who got mutilated on the set of the Gordy sitcom showed up to see this thing, and then she just got sucked up into it and killed horribly. It's like, ugh. Yeah, which... She had a rough life. That's a real person. Like, that's not someone in makeup. That's an actual person that went through something. Um, She's, like, big on, like, the social media or whatever. I don't know what she does, but that was not, like, someone in, in makeup. So that's, like, really crazy, but... Yes. It's like, man, she can't catch a break, man. She got mauled by this damn chimp. Now she's got fucking sucked up, you know, by this thing. Because it was her wheelchair, right? Yeah. It's really messed up. So, what do you give this film? Well, I'm going to give it four knives. My only complaint was it, like I said, it was a little drawn out in parts. But otherwise, I, I loved it. I loved it as well. I also gave it four knives. I think, for me, I, I wanted to say that this takes... My number one spot for Peel's films, Get Out is third and Us is second. I know there's a lot of people that disliked Us. I, for various reasons, I have no idea why, but I really enjoy this film. It's scare factor is what I'm going for. This movie scared me, but because those are my fears. So to someone else, this movie might be a fucking walk in the park. You know, but I don't know. Well, I guess we'll have to see. It probably won't do well. I'm just going to throw that out there unfortunately because people you know they rather fucking see uh halloween kills even though i think i did give that an okay rating but now like watching it again and again it's just like ah you just get to the point where you're just like this is all i got guys and and this is like the guy that i love like this is my favorite horror villain this is what i got so i'm just gonna have to like it i can't hate it I can, but there's been another version that I really hate, so it's not as bad. I'm going to compare Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends to Rob Zombie's Halloween 1 and 2, and there's nothing that's going to be that low, because those movies are fucking terrible. You know, it can't get lower than that. That's like the lowest of the low, but yes, I also give this movie four knives, and I really enjoyed it, and I think you should go out there and watch this film, and then... You know, watch a, watch an original film. Don't watch whatever part 500. <laughs> and let us know if you liked it. Let us know what you thought about it. Leave us a comment here or on uh, any of the social medias we've got. Let us know what you thought. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this special appetizer, little little nibbity bit. That's not a nibbity bit. This is a pretty long episode. It's a long episode, but We're it's... We're going to call it a bonus episode. It's a bonus... It's an appetizer because it's a little nibble to our next episode, which is not going to be until, like, another week or two. So, because we usually have now two episodes a month. So, this is a little... Fine, it's a bonus episode. I there just like go. saying appetizer. Okay. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, and stay tuned to the horror. <laughs> Well, I saw the thing coming out of the sky It had a one long horn and one big eye Like a mister shaking in the city It looks like a purple people eater to me It was a one-eyed, one-horn flying purple people eater One-eyed, one-horn flying purple people eater A one-eyed, one-horn flying purple people eater Sure looks strange to me One-eyed Who really came down to earth and he lit in